what's up, Triple Nation? This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Triple, bringing you this very special edition of the Black Tribbles at Comic-Con for Kids. It took place at the Philadelphia Expo Center out in Oaks, PA. It was a great time. It was a convention that was geared strictly for the kids. So children came in of all ages and sizes and found tons of interactive things for them to do. There was a huge Lego booth that had a a monstrous sized Lego play area where kids were just building and building and building their own little Lego lands all day long. There was a Minecraft station, there were VR games, there were video games, there were RPGs, there were tabletop. There was a humongous karaoke stage that was set up. They had guests from YouTubers, influencers, all the way down to some of the um, biggest stars of today. We did have quite a few interesting chats. I was able to sit down and talk with Keith Williams, the longtime artist of the Phantom comic strip, as well as many Marvel properties going all the way to Spider-Man, which he drew for over or close to a hundred issues or something like that. So much so that he wanted to take on a triple designation that um, I was almost tempted to give to him, but I would never do it. You'll hear that. You'll also hear our conversation with the huge Rivers Brothers from Power Comics. We sat down and talked with longtime friend Jamar Nicholas of Leon, uh, Defender of the Playground. And we also talked with Daddy Longlegs and Inchworm creators, Demetrius Bullock and Brian Bullock. Actually, Brian should come first because Brian Bullock, all 11 years old of him, is the CEO and writer and artist of Daddy Long Legs and Inchworm, a product of his very own Pancake Images imprint, which publishes the book. It's really a family shop that they've got going on there and it's a great story and we are very happy to bring that to you. Also sat down and talked with my niece, Simone Crudup of Simone Shiro's, the cool little comic book club that happens out of Amalgam Comics the first Saturday of every month. We had a nice little conversation with her and I was able to induct my niece into the Triple Nation. It was a great time, it was a great convention. Um, This was the first of its kind in the area, and I'm sure they have many more planned, and uh, I can't wait for it to happen so that the Black Tribbles can be there rocking out with the kids. It was a fantastic uh, weekend, and this is just a little bit, a little taste of what was going on at Comic-Con for Kids. So this is the Bat Tribble here at Comic-Con for Kids, ladies and gentlemen, in beautiful Oaks, PA. And we are sitting down with Keith Williams, recently become one of the hardest working artists in the business. How you doing, Keith? Hi, uh, doing good. Doing good, man. How you doing? Now, let me, t- let me ask you, Keith, because people, when they walk by your booth and they see your banner, it says Keith Williams. And a lot of people, it, it promotes that you were the artist of the phantom 
a name that has lived on for a lot of years, but a name some people, especially now in 2019, may not be as familiar with. Who is the Phantom, and how did you come to be working on that character? Well, the Phantom, who is the ghost that walks, has um, his legend started about, I, I guess, about 500 years ago, um, somewhere in there. Uh, he was um, his, the first Phantom was on a sailing ship uh, that was ambushed by pirates, and uh, he was marooned on an island, and uh, his family was killed. Um, he swore to uh, fight pirates at that moment in time. He was uh, saved by the natives of that mm -hmm. island uh, and, and swore to, and swore to uh, protect them and also to protect the world from pirates and other evildoers. And um, whereas everybody else believes that he's an immortal spirit, he's actually a, a human person who uh, will hand down the mantle of the phantom from generation to generation of his family. Right. Uh, the only people that actually know his secret are the people of the island that he, uh, that his father, that that his uh, descendant uh, was stranded on. Uh, so he goes out and fights uh, crime, not just on on the island in the um, in, in Africa and in that in that area of the uh, world, but he goes all around the world fighting injustice. And now the Phantom has, while he has been in comic books before, he's primarily been a comic strip guy appearing in the newspapers right so where do you uh come in in the history of the of the character well uh it uh while i was working at marvel comics uh editor that i worked for uh, danny finger off when on the spider-man books uh asked me if i was interested jay kennedy who works at king features was looking uh for somebody to be the anchor of the uh, strip because Cy Barry was leaving it. Mm -hmm. uh, this King Features is the, 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 the syndicator of the strip. That, that's, that's right, King Features syndicator. And this was around 1995 when this happened. Uh, so uh, I was able to bring my stuff up to Jay Kennedy, who thought that my stuff would probably be compatible with uh, the pencil who's, got, who's working on it at the time, uh, George Olson. Uh, so, uh, si, uh, so um, I was sent over to uh, Cy Bar um, not Cy Barry's house, sorry, Lee Fox, who right. was the creator of the Phantom. So, wow, so you sat down, so you sat there? Yes, I was sent to uh, Lee Fox's house, which was um, up around uh, next to where the Hayden Planetarium is, mm -hmm. uh, Central Park. Uh, so I. Uh, went up to the sixth floor apartment uh, building. Uh, what was that experience like? That was uh, amazing because uh, <laughs> I went into I went into the um, the complex and the doorman sent me to this elevator and he uh, called up to to announce me. Went up to the sixth floor, doors opened up and it opened up just to his door. Wow. There was a little al alcove area that had a picture of the Phantom up hanging up um, on the wall. And the elevator just went to his door. Wow. Yeah. I thought that that was that very is cool. impressive. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I was totally intimidated <laughs> at that point. And saying, what, what did I walk was into? It, was here? his door literally like a skull shape, like no, the Phantom? No, no, that would have been interesting. <laughs> but, but no, it was a regular door. 
went and pressed the doorbell. Uh, he he let me in. He was like in a smoking jacket, like. Uh, no, he was not in a smoking jacket. Like, it was like a robe kind of thing. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, wow, oh. you know. Did he have an ascot? Locked Please tell me he had an ascot. He did have an ascot, <laughs> but you know, like I said, oh my goodness, you know, to my head, in my head. So he led me into his living room, which had an incredible view of Central Park. And you were able to see the Hayden Planetarium from there also. It was right across the street. Uh, he, um, you know, he asked me to sit down. I, I, I uh, opened up my portfolio, showed him my work, and he, he liked what I did. So um, wow. it was basically Spider-Man stuff that I did. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, where was Spider-Man? Uh, he then, you were working on at the time for Marvel. Yes, I was, yes. And uh, he then told me that he had a terrible fear of spiders. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had, he had a phobia. So, so then I thought, oh, I'm doomed. <laughs> I messed up. So, but no, no, he liked my work, and uh, he said that, uh, yeah, we could do something. So we made the deal right yeah. then and there to, um, for me to do the Phantom. Uh, so I, I, I did the Phantom at that for about uh, 10 years. I got to visit Lee maybe... Three more times during during that time period, he took me to this um, to this to this um, dinner that was absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, that was like off uh, Gramercy Park, mm. and uh, the artist artist um, and uh, actors, I think thing okay. theater. Okay. That it was amazing. Uh, wow. And I was able to you know like had dinner with him and met some other actors, and they had a. They had a play that went on there too, and we were sitting there eating. It was it was amazing. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, I was able to go to a Christmas um, party that had Dr. Ruth Westheimer there, and uh, and uh, guy drew uh, Beetle Bailey. Um, oh, Mort Walker. Walker. Yes, and a uh, bunch of other bunch of other artists. But uh, you came. I know. It was it was amazing. It was a dream. <laughs> I, I I think the whole thing was almost like a. I would almost have thought it was a fantasy if I didn't have the pages that I worked on <laughs> for the Phantom in my house. So you know, like, uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. But uh, I, I, and during that time, I also became the uh, letterer of the Phantom too. Um, okay. The letterer who was doing it before me died uh, during the time that, that that we're working on it. So for like, unfortunately, uh, but. For the next seven years after that, I was the inker and the letterer of the Phantom. Wow, that is an that is an incredible story. <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't believe it. <laughs> now, now, I'm I'm curious because we're here at Comic Con. This this is specifically Comic Con for kids. Brought to you by iHeartRadio, and this is for so that kids can kind of like you know feel like. Like the convention scene is not overwhelming for them. It's, it's, it's real important for them. So I'm curious, what was a young Keith Williams like as a, as a youngster? Like, were, were you kind of like a geeky little kid yourself? I was a, yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> At the time when it wasn't cool to be geeky, yeah, but I, I was. Yeah. Um, yes, I was uh, collecting comic books. Um, I was uh, playing with Legos. Uh, we, me and my friend uh, that lived next door to me, we lived in the projects. Mm -hmm. so, where at? What, what, where are we talking? Uh, Glenwood Houses in Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, on Farragut Road. Uh, and we would go out into our little hallway area 
to, to play. So we would uh, play with our Lego bricks and stuff like that. During the time, one of our favorite shows was Stark Shadows. Oh, it was a show wow. that came on. Artemis Collins. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. you know. Wow. Okay. So we would build, we built Colin, Collinwood. No, you did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and this was before they had sets, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. There wasn't no, you know, dark, uh, dark shadow set. No, you had to bring this out of your mind. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. We had, we had revolving doors and trap doors and yeah. all that oh. stuff. We, we, we built, we built a weird thing. It, it was, it was fun. Bottomless Collins, Angelique, all that stuff. Oh, we did wow. all that. Yeah, we, we, we loved that show. But we also did uh, Justice League stuff, uh, mm -hmm. and we started drawing comic books. In the, in the hallway too, you know, like uh, and it, and we would create, you know, characters like Catman, yeah, Retro yeah. Fireman, uh, <laughs> you know, like all these weird weird characters. But that that was me and my friend James that did that. Uh, and from that, we just it just kept evolving. I got more into wanting to draw comic books for a living. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, like I would uh, have my board at my uh, dining room table, and I would be sitting up there until like late in the night drawing stuff. What was the big break for you to get into the business? Uh, that was when, boy, that was, that, was, that was a while after all that. Uh, I was uh, actually working as a paraprofessional in a, in a high school, South Shore, school mm -hmm. that I went to uh, in Canarsie. And uh, I was, I, I, I ran, into a, ran into a person, uh, Howard Perlin, who was actually the son of Don Perlin. Oh, wow. Okay. Who uh, did Werewolf by Night and yeah. Ghost Rider and stuff like that for Marvel back in the, back in the 70s and the 80s. Um, he, saw, he saw my stuff and uh, sort of like was mentoring me okay. uh, at that point. And, he, uh, f f and finally, uh, he, he asked me, am I, was, would I be interested in doing background art, inking for uh, you know, like people at Marvel? For some of the art, for some of the inkers at Marvel, and I said, "Yeah, sure, I'd love to do that." So I ended up uh, working on uh, Marvel Team Up with oh, uh, Marvel Team Up. That was uh, Spider-Man, yes, right? Yes, and uh, Mike Esposito was the inker on that book. Mm -hmm. So he just wanted to do the figure work, and I would do all the all the other uh, background stuff. Wow! And I was doing that for a while, uh, which led me on to uh, working with people like Joe Sinnott on the Avengers. Uh, he, wow. was the, he was the ink on the Avengers. Uh, Al Milgram was the penciler. So I would do all the backgrounds uh, uh, over stuff that Senate, Senate would just do the uh, figure do work. Do the figure work. And I would learn from Senate's inks how to do my inks and mm -hmm. how to work on uh, backgrounds, things like that. So, Senate had real lush inks. Oh, yes. Oh, I loved his stuff. Really nice, thick and thin uh, Line works on his yeah. yes on his figure work, yeah. beautiful stuff. And I would also research his other stuff that he when he would just when he would do his backgrounds also. So I try and make it look as close to his as possible. Mm -hmm. So that led me on to uh, working with people like uh, John Byrne, uh, who uh, at the time was doing Alpha Flight. Yeah. And uh, when he went over to the Hulk, I went over with him. And then yeah, when he, you, yeah, for a minute you were like his his anchor for a minute there. Yeah, I was, and very grateful to it because he actually put put me on the spotlight there because he he put my name out. He he allowed my name to be in the front of the books. Mm -hmm. 
And also, when they were inside, it would say background assist Keith Williams. Yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, with the rest of the titles, you know, like on the book. And I was very that that was very nice of him to do that. He didn't have to do that. He, I know from reading interviews with John Byrne and, and seeing him talk, he is very big on about people, you know, getting their credit and and yes. crediting people, you know, as much as possible. He's big on that. Yes, he is. He is, and and he really proved it with me. Uh, when I when I went on with, with him on the Hulk, uh, you know, like, uh, my name was there also. And when he moved to DC uh, and uh, started doing uh, action comics, right, started doing the Superman line. The Superman line, yes. He took me along with him, and I was uh, doing backgrounds for him as well as an issue uh, with Terry Austin. Uh, yeah, so I was doing action comic books with him for a while. Um, then I started like. Getting, getting my own stuff, mm-hmm. you know, so I was uh, working on, that. that's when I started uh, working for Marvel and doing uh, Web of Spider-Man, Quasar, and things like that. So wow, and it's, it's, nothing like it is now where you, you have people basically DIYing themselves a comic book. Some, some, some people, we added a, a panel, it's a person doing a comic book literally from his phone. Yes. Yeah, there, there are people that are doing that now. There's a lot more independent uh, comic book uh, artists out there because they can actually go and put together their whole book from scratch. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, they don't have to go to the big two, big three anymore. That's right. They, to, to start out. Or even if they want to, they can just create their own uh, uh, group of books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and sometimes they click and they become popular. That's true. That's yeah. very true. Yes, and look at Image. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, like the, you know, like the top guys, you know, like that were working at Marvel at the time, from Jim Lee to to um, Eric Lawson and you know Jim Valentino and all those guys. They all got together yep. and made their own company. And now, and now, Image is probably one of the standard bearers as far as independent independent comic books. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's right. Uh, the, the people that uh, do their their stories in their under their imprint. It's their, it's their books. Yep. They own them. Yep. Yes, and uh, maybe, maybe Image gets a little bit, little piece out of it, but basically it's, it's, it's the uh, creator's own books. Yes. And, that's, and, and I know that that's the model that people have been fighting for for, for for years because they've seen that that's the way that it, it should have been, you know, even back going back to the days of Kirby and, and you know, uh, Siegel and Schuster and all of them. Um, you, you know that that's the model that it should have been, and for, to be one of the quote unquote older guard now, how do you feel watching how the industry has changed to where it is today? Well, you know, I got uh, yeah, the the, the changes. <laughs> one one of the changes, you know, like unfortunately, uh, which involved Photoshop. Which yeah. allowed pencilers to uh, actually ink their own work, yeah, or, or at least darken their pencils so that it so that it looks like inks, right? Uh, which which for some it's good, some you know like uh, it's not as good, unfortunately. You need me, bro. You need me. <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, you know like uh, it, it it left me with not as much work as I used to have, you know, like in the past. Uh, so you know like I. I, I feel bad about that but at the same time it's a learning experience and it and it kind of pushed me to get back into doing penciling okay to doing my own stuff 
uh, and and make me more even more confident as an inker because you know like now I know you know like uh, penciling my own stuff and inking my own stuff you know like it, it I, I put a little bit of that into you know like whatever inks I do now if mm. I do do uh, stuff for other people you know so so there's a good side there's a bad side to it I I I, I feel that right now with the movies that are out that they feel more like it's like the movies created the comic books instead of the comic that's books unfortunately the true yeah and uh, that not too many kids are actually like into buying the comic books as much as before there's video games and there's everything else that's out there right now so it makes yeah. it you know it, it, it's it's more like you could be the superhero Mm-hmm. You know, by playing the video games yeah. instead of like reading about it and imagining and stuff like that. And I think that that's bad, unfortunately, because when when you read a comic book, it kind of led you on to reading other things that were more like like science fiction right. books, books that didn't have pictures. It, 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 you, you would evolve your reading to a point where you would use your imagination. That's true. Very you know, true. Uh, when you're when you're reading books like that, you know, like I. You know, like I, I, I just feel that when I was a kid, reading comic books helped me read. Yeah. And it it and when I was in the sixth grade, I had sort of like a, a college reading level mm-hmm. because of the books. They, they they taught me how to read and how to think and and learn new words like DNA and things like that. That's when, true. When they would do when Jack Kirby was doing uh, the fourth fourth world stuff and oh, yeah. they were doing the cloning and all that. You were learning about cloning. Yep. You weren't even learning about that in school. No, that's <laughs> you know? very true. Or when you read Thor and Stan Lee were writing that oh faux Shakespearean yes. talk, and you'd have like, "Mom, what is this word?" Yes, yes, it was it was absolutely incredible. You were learning amazing words from Reed Richards. You know? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, <laughs> incredible. That's you know? true. But but what I will say though, it, um, and you know, I will say that. With the advent of video games and VR and stuff like that, and even the comic books now, there's so much like like they're, like they're 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 like motion comics on the web and stuff. Whereas comic books in the day taught us how to read, the comic books and the video games of to of today are teaching the kids, you know, appreciation for computer skills, which is what they're going to need in the 21st to 22nd century. You know what? I have to agree with that, okay? That, you, you, you brought up a good point. That's right. This is what they do need. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I had, to, I had to fight kicking and screaming to get to, to, to do that stuff myself, uh, yeah. to learn how to work on a Cintiq, um, mm-hmm. a Wacom tablet, you know, yeah. uh, for your computer, drawing, drawing online, uh, which, which, which I do do. Uh, but but I still transfer it onto paper. Okay. Reason being so that you know, like it's artwork that's real. It's out there. You could sell it if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but I also do prints and things like that too. I I uh, learned how to color on computers. Uh, I'm still learning. Yeah. Uh, art, art is a art is a learning experience. No matter what age you are, you're still going to learn how to do stuff. You're going to keep on growing. Stop. You gotta keep on growing, exactly. And that's the beauty of it. And it all starts in places like Comic Con for Kids here in Oaks with Keith Williams. Keith, the time has come for so you. You're Keith? Yeah. All right, do me a favor. There's a gentleman that I'm real close to. His name is Lewis Brown. 
Okay. Ever heard of the Brown Hornet? The Brown? Uh, yeah, I did hear it. Brown Hornet's uh, on the uh, Fat Albert. Yeah, is that the Crosby stuff? Yeah. yeah. Too. Yeah, it was, it was like the part of the... Reach out to him when you get a chance. Loose Brown? Okay. Internet sucks in here, but... Oh, yeah. Um, tell him Solomon refers you. All right. Loose Brown? Yeah. This is the greatest martial artist do you do the uh, New York event at all? Have you been to the Javits Center? Yes, I was there. I was just there. Right. My son is in Canarsie, so I'm in Brooklyn often. Oh, he's in Canarsie? Yeah, he's in Canarsie. Yeah, I, I live, yeah, Canarsie, right. East Flatbush. Okay. Right there. Yeah. there you go. All right. Wow. Thank you, man. Okay. Listen, this is super talented. Yeah, okay. And the only reason I'm making this connection is because, long story. But I, you just fill in the blanks. I'll tell you, he did our school mascot over in high school. They made it our school mascot after he did it. That's fantastic. When you get a chance, look at his work. I will. Speaks for itself. Thank you. All right, have no, a go. I will. I'll, Thank I'll, you. I'll follow him. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> that's dope. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. You know, it's, it, it gives me chills sometimes when people, you know, like, talk to me, they're like showing me stuff. Um, different people's artwork, you know. I, I, I love seeing other people, you know, like and how they grow and how they change and stuff like that as they evolve. It is cool, right? As they evolve, yeah, through the years. Um, you know, like uh, somebody right across from me over here right now, yeah, his stuff is like amazing. I know. Uh, Daddy Long Daddy Long Legs and Inchworm. Yes, yes, and, and uh, he published his first thing when he was five years old. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I was nowhere near no. even thinking or conceiving that's that. That's the thing, you weren't even thinking about it. Uh, no, no. But that's the, that's the but kids that's now. The thing now, now, right. Now, because of the computers, because of that, you can do that. Because there's more possibilities to become independent and, yes. and not have to just like feel, oh, I only have Marvel and DC to go to, which is all I had at the time. Yeah. You know, but, but now, they have, now they have so many different outlets they could totally forego all that and just create their own their own book. Alright, the time has come, Keith. For you, as a guest of the Black Tribbles, to become one with the Tribble Nation. And that means that you have to give yourself a Tribble designation that kind of indicates where you're geeky. Like, I'm Bat Tribble because I'm a huge Batman fan. We have, my, on my crew, we have a Super Saiyan Tribble for Dragon Ball. We got a Super Tribble for Superman, Storm Tribble for the X-Men, the Uncanny Tribble for, and people go crazy. We got a uh, Master Tribble because he's a, a Star Wars head. We have a, tri a no Tribble at all. We got a little Tribble on my, little Tribble on my chin. We got a Tribble play. We got a Tribble called, uh, a, a Tribble called Quest. I mean, People go very creative with it. Oh, okay. All right? So you, you've got, there's a high bar here, Keith. Oh, no. There's a high bar. All right? Oh. I'm, I'm just, I'm giving you, I'm, you've been warned. Oh, great. 
You've been warned. And there's a lot of artists, a lot of your contemporaries that are tribbles, and they're going to hear, Keith came up with what? Oh, gosh. Okay. Because Eric Battle is going to hear this. And Stephen, and Stephen Harris is going to hear this. We're, we're, we're going to be ending this show right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's over now. <laughs> so, Keith, what is going to be your triple designation? Okay. It's, <laughs> it's going to have to be, it's going to have to be spider triple. And, and the reason for that. Okay. Okay. The reason for this is, okay. it's because I worked on, I worked on Spider-Man. I know Spider-Man. I, I was the assistant editor for the Spider-Man office for about not, for about nine months. Mm. Yes. So I, I have to say that out of any kind of trouble, that Spider Tribble is the trouble. See, I want to give that. I can't give that to you. Now, why is that? Because one of one of the crew, one of the people that started our show, uh, Black Tribbles, uh, is Spider Tribble. If it wasn't, he's an original. But I, I can't. Worked, but I worked on Spider. I can't, but I can't take uh, it from one of the originals. Uh, if it uh, was just a guest, uh, I, I I can't take it from one. I can't take it from him. I can't. Okay. Okay. Then I got another. Then I have another one. Yes. I have another one. I am then the Phantom Tribble. There you go. There is okay. no Phantom Tribble. There is no Phantom Tribble. There's no Phantom then Tribble. That, then that's and, it. And, and you are the I am Phantom, Phantom Tribble. That's right. You, you earned your article. Yes. There you go. I All did. Right. All right. I did. But it's okay. not official. Oh. All right. Yes, yes, Keith. Not it's a... real. It's real. <laughs> Keith is literally melting, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you have to take the Tribble Oath of Allegiance. It's very, okay. it's very simple. All right. Repeat after me. <laughs> I am a triple furry. I am a triple furry. I am a triple true. I am a triple true. From the way I roll. From the way I roll. To the way I coo. To the way I coo. So shall it be said, so shall it be done. Keith Williams is down forevermore. The Phantom Tribble. Yes! (laughs) Yes! I am the Phantom Tribble! (laughs) Yes, I am! Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you so much. Here you go. Oh, oh. Yes, you get a bracelet. Oh, this is so cool. You are now in the Thank Triple you, Nation, sir. my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Oh, sure. My pleasure. Black Tribbles, back Comic Con for kids in Oaks, PA. And now we are here with Power Comics, original characters. You have not seen characters like this before. You think you have, but you ain't. Don't lie. You ain't seen Nightstick before. You ain't seen Titans before. You ain't seen Power Heroes before. It's only at Power Comics here at Comic-Con for Kids. They are all over on this convention circuit. And we got all the people behind Power Comics right here. Introduce yourselves one at a time, starting right here. My name is Christopher Rivers. I'm one of the artists and creators of Power Comics. It's my brother Michael Rivers right here. I'm the creator of uh, Super Squad. This is Derek Rivers. I'm the creator of Saga of the Power Heroes. All right. You heard it right here, ladies and gentlemen. This is a family business. Because power is in the family. See what I did there? All right. So, 
Real quick, what is the 30-second the origin of Power Comics? Origin story is my brother Derek. He came up with the idea for the company and a lot of the characters for it. Uh, eventually brought on my brother Michael right here and he came with Super Squad. I came on later to do some, some of the artistry, some of the promotional materials and all that. Just coming together as a family to try to make Power Comics be, you know, the next, the next big thing. Now, where did, where did the whole idea of, of coming up with your own comics start, Dig? Uh, blame my brother um, Michael. I, um, as a kid, I used to watch him draw comic books. And from that point, I started drawing them myself, myself as a kid. As I got older, I wanted to do my own books again. Based them off of characters like, like growing up, like Marvel and DC characters, based them off of them. I had to change some names a little bit because I didn't want to get a lawsuit. So you got to do it. So I decided to get out there and do them on my own. And I like kid-friendly books that everybody can pick up because, I mean, right now I think a lot of stuff is getting too dark out there, which I don't mind, but I like stuff that everybody can buy, you know? Yeah. So I do like kid-friendly books that everybody can appreciate. Now, I'm curious. Like, I'm an artist, right? But when I was growing up, I couldn't draw for nothing. But my sister, at that time, could draw better than me. And I love Batman. So she used to blackmail me to clean her room in order for her to draw Batman for me. So is that what your brother did to you? No. We just we would compete sometimes, though, or we would team yeah. up with our books sometimes. There's nothing like blackmail, anything like that going on, no. Oh, you had a good family. Okay. We ain't have a good family in, in Philadelphia. Now, now, where did y'all grow up? What part of the country? Uh, we're in Northeast Philadelphia. Northeast Philadelphia? Northeast Philadelphia? Mount Airy. Fact ain't. Thank Thank you. Tell them. Mount Airy. Uptown. You might call it Germantown. We call it Uptown. You know what I mean? Okay, why would mom? Mom said Northeast. You told me I was a kid. Yeah. Man, mom, mom, mom wanted you to feel good about your neighborhood. That's all. She just wanted, you know, yeah, baby, we live in the Northeast, too. For all them times you wanted to go up Roosevelt Boulevard, she was like, no, we're in the Northeast, too, baby. We're right here. Mm-mm. You're right on the corner, baby. You good. You good. See, I know mommy's story. I understand. I, somewhere. We're in the Northeast or someplace. We're in the Northeast or something. Go to the Northeast of your room, and then you'll be all right. See, I know how mom do. I know how that goes, man. So now Power Comics, like, now how long has it been in business? It's been in business for a little bit, right? Been around since what, 2007? Five? Okay. 2005, and it's been going rolling strong since ever since then, right? Yeah. I mean, we started out with, it was just one or two books you had, and you see what it's grown into over the years now. To have, uh, you know, a couple series we have going on, a couple uh, one-shots. Moved in and just recently started selling the posters and everything based off of like famous comic book covers and like movie covers and things like that. So that's our new line. We've got a couple more that's going to be coming out. We're going to be at a Baltimore Comic Con next week and hopefully have those ready for it. So, you know, it's just growing every day and trying to diversify and just compete. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up that you're going to be at Baltimore Comic Con. You're here at Comic Con for kids in Oaks, PA. I can imagine you were just up in New York Comic Con doing things there all over the place. And that speaks to the grind when you're trying to be like a, a freelance artist and, a, and a, a young company coming up, man. And like, we were just over there talking to Pancake Images, a young, a young guy, Bryce Bullock, 11 years old, starting his own comic books, man. And God bless him, but he don't know the struggle about when you was, you know, you had to do it by pencil and paper. And you know, and now kids are making comic books on the, on the on their phones, yeah. you know what I mean? They don't know. They don't know about their real struggle, do they? No, nah, not at all. I mean, and it, 
And we're, we're transitioning into that, trying to grow as well, into the digital space as well, because it's like, you can't really beat that. You know, right. here you have access to where you can maybe mail stuff to or show up to, but digital space is everywhere worldwide, just like that. Right. And for a lot of younger artists, that's the more maybe recommended way for them to get into it, is to get into that space to be able to get out there. It's less overhead, you know, you're not actually physically creating books unless you want to come to a convention that be able to have something to give to people. But that digital space, you can't really beat it. You can't. You cannot, man. It, it, it's crazy. Yeah. What's, what's up? No. <laughs> I, I thought you may have had a, like a, a, another comment on that. I just want to make sure that was catchy. So let me ask you about that grind, man. Like, um, if you had someone starting up and they came to you and was like, okay, I want to get started. This is what I want to do. What's the one thing that they're probably not thinking about? Because they're thinking about, you know, how to do the books and the things like that. But what's the one thing they're probably not really thinking about, a little piece of wisdom that you can impart on to them? Well, never stop. You know, always keep keep grinding, keep trying. Um, come to conventions, at, talk to people. Like, that's how I learned. I went to conventions, talk to people, yeah. learn about what I should do, the best ones to go to. You know, there's a market for everything. That's one thing I learned, is a market for everything. No matter how cute or how ridiculous it might be, the market for everything. So just, you know, just keep trying and have fun with it. Do, do what you like. Right. Don't do what's popular at the time. Do what you like to do, because it's a, a market for everything. Whatever you like, other people are gonna like it too. Trust me. That's yeah, true. These days, the big thing is, because it's no real barrier to entry like it used to be, you don't have to sign to a major distributor or a major comic book company. You do your own thing. Like you said, tell your stories. Because yeah. what you think your story might be just solo to you can really appeal to a broader audience that you didn't even know was out there and maybe relate in a way that you didn't even expect. So, I mean, as far as just any artistry and create your creativity and creation, put it out there. You never know. But keep it true to you. That's true. It's a niche for everything out there. Every, it's a niche for everything. I'm asking some of the strangest things you could think of. I can't say on right here that they, oh. they, can, they can sell. And it, it is sells. I'm like, what? So it's just the market for everything. Whatever you like, put it out there, you never know. That is so, that is so true. I was just talking to somebody who's, who's got zombie Pop-Tarts in this comic yeah, book. Yeah, so yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly. See, you're laughing like me. I was like, yeah. sell. But well, it, I think it was a zombie Pop-Tart. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, somebody saw it and they can relate with it and there it goes. That's the way it is. There you go. So w with Power Comics, man, so what is the next step? Because the beautiful thing about your comic books is like, like you said, it kind of like starts from appreciation of, you know, what you read, but then it, you, you know, you tweak it and you, you mess around with it, it becomes a life of its own. What's the next step for it? To me, I don't know why you're in Cartoon Network right now, but you know, from my, my lips to God's ears, but what's the next step with, with Power Comics? I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask the big man. I know he's got like a sore throat. So, but even though he's got a sore throat, that raspiness still sounds like the voice of God coming down on you. Like he's standing. He's taller than it. He's taller than the convention center, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, first of all, no. Let me tell you right now. The guys of Power Comics. Did you get Isaiah? Did you get a picture? Of, like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Isaiah, who was Swole Brother number one in Tribal Nation, ain't got nothing on the Power Comics crew. The Rivers Brothers have been, like, bending rivers with their bare hands. 
they are they are nothing but shoulders and necks behind the tables of Power Comics. They, I are, like, they are mountains. They are the titans it, of creation. Yes, that, they are, that's them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You think I would BSing? The power is in the family with these people. Look at them. I th I think they wake up in the morning. They bring the convention center to the spot. They just lift it and walk it from Northeast Philadelphia down to here. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the voice of God right here in the middle, who is the biggest one of them all. Yup. No wonder his throat hurts. <laughs> He's so because it's Sunday. He has to it, pass out. He's trying to rest. He, <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be asleep. <laughs> so Father. <laughs> yes, my son. <laughs> what is the future for Power Comics? I mean, for uh, for the immediate future, we're just still looking to expand, put out more titles, more books, more characters. Our brother here, Derek, is actually thinking about uh, going to a little film work, putting one of his characters on film. So uh, up to that, at that point, we'll see what the future holds. What, what, what character are we going to see on film, D? Uh, an older character I made up called uh, Walker of the Universe. Um, it's a sci-fi story. That's all I want to say about it right now. Okay. Walker um, of the Universe? Yeah. I, I wrote it some years ago. It was a comic book, but these, my other ones sell better. That's why I don't have it out here right now. Because it actually originally was supposed to be like a, a film. Okay. So I'm just going to try to go back to getting it out there like that as a film or a pilot of some sort. That's a fly name, Walker of the Universe. Yeah, I came up with it myself. I got like a whole universe of stories already, don't you? Yeah, if it could become a TV series, I mean, I got like three, um, what do you call it, three seasons in my head right now of it right there, I mean, literally. If you had to cast Walker of the Universe, who you see who you see as Walker of the Universe, besides yourself, don't say myself, don't say Derek Rivers, who do you see as Walker of the Universe? I don't know, I have to look at any some teenage characters that, I mean, out there that teenage um, guys, I don't know who could play them. Well, you got a young boy in the other room, Josiah Young. I mean, how old is he? I don't know how old he is. Like, maybe he's older. My character's like 16. So, you know. It's called C it's called CGI. <laughs> it's called... He's, he's already in that movie, a Zion movie that thing came Raising with. Dion, yeah. Ra Raising Dion. I'm sorry, Raising Dion. So maybe he could play that character, my character. Well, all he got to do is get on the Rivers Brothers uh, Regiment. It, he'll he'll be 16 tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's done. He might be 16 by the time I, but I'm working on it right Look now. He's like, okay. by the time I'm done with him. He'll be nice and ready. He'll be good. He have his driver's license. <laughs> Boy, four years old back there. He already got him swolled up. That's what happens in the Power Comics universe, ladies and gentlemen. See, you got to get him working. That's what happens. That's what happens. All right, so... I'm pretty sure all of y'all are in the Tribble Nation, so I don't have to induct y'all into the Tribbles. Y'all, y'all, they lifelong. Yeah. They lifelong right, here. Right, right. But, so if people want to get involved with Power Comics, first of all, y'all in Northeast Philadelphia, how come y'all ain't never been to, all right, I'm putting it out there right now. Isaiah. Yo, what's up? Let's look at the studio. We're going to check the, check the guest list. We need that Power Comics in the studio on Black Tribbles. Bet. Come right. down to Philly Cam. Y'all can come down. I, I, I just became a member of Philly Cam a while ago. Yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've been plotting to get on there with y'all, but I wanted to make sure we was right. 
you know what I mean? Make sure we had everything together, especially with the uh, social media information, all that. So when we get on there, start promoting stuff, we know exactly where to send everybody to. So now that's hey, done, everybody. you know. All right. I did, I did a class from um, Philly Cam. I did. I, I got one coming up for doing, do not be filming yes. with equipment. And I did one for a production. So okay. see, because Philly Cam, you can do your move. Gabe, Gabe, that's that. She's horror trouble. Yes. Yeah, I did when I was in her class this last month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I'm, I'm getting in there, you know. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. I'm recording it right now. We're gonna have Power Comics on a Thursday night radio show. This is my co-producer Isaiah. He's gonna look. He's gonna look at the guest schedule. Book y'all for the Thursday show. Talk to our media guy. Crypto, read the media guy. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh... Well, let me, I got to coordinate y'all's schedule. I can't just make it for everybody. We'll, we'll definitely coordinate. Yeah. We're going to check with God, see when God is ready. <laughs> the Lord will say when they're ready to come onto the station. As a prophet of the Lord, I please, I pray. <laughs> let's, let's get this going some Thursday in November. But I'm telling, and, and Isaiah, we also do, do a web series called Tribbles After Dark, yeah. where we get to the edgiest side of Tribble. Now, we're going to have y'all on the radio show talk about Power Comics. But I want y'all on Tribbles After Dark because I want to know the Rivers Brothers story. I want to know the real story. I want, I want to see it. I want y'all to flex. I want y'all to break y'all. I mean, I ain't going to lie. I'm jealous. Like, 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 dude, your finger is bigger than my arms. So, like, <laughs> so I, 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 I want to get that on Tribbles After Dark. I want, to, I want all that power right there. On, on, on the screen, on, on our show. And then we'll, we'll talk about the movie, walk or the, you'll walk the universe, we'll walk wherever you want to go. We will we'll make it happen. We are, I'm putting it right here, recorded here. Power Comics will be coming to the Black Tribbles universe. This year or early 2020, we will make it so. We'll make it happen. Now, when y'all come, because my memory is, is not as good as it was, but I, I think I'm remembering some stuff. When y'all come, I think we're gonna have a conversation about cheesesteaks. Now, don't tell me y'all don't eat cheesesteaks. I haven't had one in a while, but yeah. Listen to Derek, I ain't had one in a while. I go to the gym, you know, just bench pressing the whole galaxy, that's you know, cool. <laughs> exactly, right. now, I, I be walking this universe, I ain't got no, you know. There's cheesesteaks of many flavors. <laughs> So, when y'all come on, we're going to have some cheesesteaks. Now, where should we go to get cheesesteaks for the Rivers Brothers? Gooey Louis. That's what I'm going to say. Gooey Louis. I've heard of Gooey Louis. I haven't had one yet. You can't even finish that whole thing. Literally, that's how much meat is on the cheesesteak. Really? Yes. Really? I kid you not. You can make two steaks out of the one steak. So, Gooey Louis is all that. I'm more of a Max's man myself. See, see I'm Max's. You know what I mean? See, all, day. all day. All day. All day, Max's. We have to compete on that one. We have to compete on that one. I say Gooey Especially at the, at the late night and hanging out all night. Nothing like a Max's. Max's after dark, you know what I mean? There it is. See, see, see you know where we at. Exactly. You know where we at. I'm, I'm all about Gooey Louis. Okay. Okay. So write this down. Right. Tribbles after dark. Boom. The Rivers Brothers. Boom. Gooey Louie cheesesteaks versus Max's cheesesteaks. And we're going to do it after dark, so we can do it after dark style. And you know what that means. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. See? 
We came for Comic Con for kids and we did adult stuff. We we wrong. Adults gotta have fun too. We wrong. We wrong. Last question, and this is a Comic Con for kids question. Why do you think that it's important for there to be something like Comic Con that is especially made for kids? I know growing up, like, uh, see, I came up especially doing like the 90s and all that. The comic books started getting a little bit more edgier. It started getting a little bit too adult for like the original audience they were created for. Yeah. So it's really kind of cool to kind of have something like this where kids can get involved in the pop culture thing and it's more of a, a space just for them. Because you can diversify the stuff you have that maybe in a, in a Baltimore Comic Con or something that's more broader might not have a lot of kid friendly type of stuff. And that's the one thing that we kind of uh, excel at a lot of times. You'll have the parents walk by with their kids and they see a lot of stuff. It's like, I don't know, boobs on this comic book a little bit too big, but you know, whatever. They come over to this one, it's more of a, a, a space where it's like, oh, okay, it's so much stuff that I can get my kids into to help them get into comic books, you know. And I mean, as much as they're trying to get kids to read stuff these days, you know how, how hard it used to be to read stuff. You know, it gets you to read just a regular book. Oh, you got your scholastic reading thing for the summer is this. You ain't want to read that. You want to read something that's more fun that you can relate to. And stuff like this can usher that in. So hopefully they do more of these, you know, to uh, really get kids involved into this. And they might create some more artists and, and, and creatives and stuff like that, you know, to come. Yeah. I mean, to touch back what he said, the same thing. I mean, right now there's not enough stuff for kids out here to relate to. I mean, and this stuff we have... I try to do that, and we try to do it, you know, and um, just have fun with it. I mean, a lot of the stuff I did, these characters are from my childhood. So I want to put them out there and let other kids appreciate it, too. And I have fun with it, you know, and maybe inspire somebody who wants to do the same thing. I kids come by here, and we talk to them and tell them how we do our thing. And I tell them, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep trying. Keep drawing. Don't stop. You know, have fun. There you go. All right, we're going to give the final word to the Lord, our Father. <laughs> As he gives our benediction. <laughs> what? No, seriously. Seriously. Um, why do you th think Comic Con for Kids is very important in 2019? This is something that kids need. They need something for them. The world's getting way too angry, mean. They need something just for them. Something a little more kid friendly. That's basically it. I think it's cool that it's, it's, it's eye level for the kids, it's very interactive, it's pretty dope, and that's why they got cool people like Power Comics here at Comic Con for Kids in Oaks, PA. Thank you so much for talking to us, fellas. Black Tribbles here at the Comic Con for Kids in Oaks, PA, and we are here at Simone's Shiro's Discover Your Superpower with, I believe we have Simone of Simone Shiro's. Hey Simone, how you doing? Good. So what is Simone Shiro's? What's that all about? It's about stopping bullying. Stopping bullying? Yeah. 
Why? I mean, like, what do you mean stopping bullying? What's what's wrong with bullies? Bullies are bullies basically take away self-esteem. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So how so how does Simone Shiro's stop bullying? Because we, as Shiro's, are superheroes. Okay. And we like and we like trying to say and we like trying to help people who are getting bullied. Oh, okay. So you come to the rescue of people that are being bullied. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. So now, Simone Shiro's is a comic book club, I understand. So you are a comic book fan? Yes, I'm a big comic book fan. Really? How Now, do you remember what your first comic book was or who introduced you to comic books? I do not remember who what my favorite, co- my first comic book, but I do remember that it was a bat triple. <laughs> the bat triple introduced me to comic books. Wow, the bat triple. <laughs> hey, imagine that. I am the bat triple and I introduced her to comics. How'd I know? <laughs> so come over here. So, so come over here. So um, who, now that you've been introduced to comics, do you have like a favorite comic or a favorite superhero? I do have a favorite superhero. My favorite superhero is Wonder Woman, but I also like Batman. Wonder Woman. Why Wonder Woman? Maybe because she's one of the... She acts like... She kind of reminds me of my own club. And she she likes to stop people stop people from hurting each other and and bullying each other. Well, that's cool, and that's that's exactly what she does. She's a wonder woman. She is exactly that. And you are a wonder child yourself, Simone. How old are you? I am 11 years old. You're 11 years old. So now, so what do you plan to do? You have you ever come up with your own superhero? I have come up with my own superhero, and her name is The Flame. The Flame? Why? Why The Flame? I just thought it would be really cool to have a superhero that could stop fires and make fires, so... Oh, that's nice. I, I, I peeped that. I peeped that. That's cool. So you came up with a whole costume and everything for, for The Flame? I did. Yeah? Are you going to create your own comic book? Yes. Oh, you've got plans. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. So if people want to, the Simone Shiro's, this comic book club, is it just for girls primarily? No, it's not. I just thought it would be cool to have some, to have a lot of girls, girl superheroes, a couple more girl superheroes, but it's basically for anyone. That's dope. And it gets together um, the first... Saturday of the month, isn't that right? Yes. Where at? At Amalgam Comics. In Philadelphia, right? Yes. That is great. That is fantastic. And if people want to find out information about Simone Shiro's and everything like that, are you on like uh, are you on the internet? Are you on like all the social medias? Yes. We also have our own website. Really? What, SimoneShiro's.com? Yes. It's almost as if I'm standing in front of a banner and it says it all right there. Wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. Well, Simone, I'm going to let you go and get back to all of your fans here at Comic-Con for Kids. But on the Black Tribbles, everybody that we talk to, all of our fans and all of our guests, 
we like to make them one with our triple nation. And to do that, we asked them to come up with a triple name that kind of says where they're geeky. Like I'm Bat Tribble, because I'm a big Batman fan. So I want to make you a triple. You're old enough that you could be your own triple. But you got to come up with your triple name. What's going to be your triple name? Hmm. I think I'm going to do Super Enchanted Tribble. Super Enchanted Tribble? Yes. Nice. We got a, we got another we got a Simone princess. Hi Simone. Oh, so we got two Simones. Take a picture with Simone. We got Simone and Simone. We got two Shiro's and one. There you go. Pop them hips. There you go. Superhero pose. Get one more picture. Where'd he go? All right, Simone. So I want to make you one of our uh, tribbles. So you got to come up with your tribble name, and you said it's trip super enchanted tribble, right? Yes. Why that name? Because I kind of get it. Because I kind of think I'm a video game. I'm a video game geek. Oh, you're a big video game geek. Yeah, I love video games. Yeah, you got a favorite video game? My favorite video game is Minecraft. Ooh, you love yourself some Minecraft, huh? Yes. All right. Well, we are going to definitely induct you into the to the Tribble Nation as Super Enchanted Tribble. So I need you to repeat after me. All right? Okay. I'm a Tribble Furry. I'm a Tribble Furry. I'm a Tribble True. I am a Tribble True. From the way I roll. From the way I roll. To the way I coo. <laughs> to the way I coo. So shall it be said, so shall it be done. Simone of Simone Shiro's is now and forevermore super enchanted Tribble inside the Tribble Nation. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. It was nice to, it was nice to have a nice little interview. That was cool. <laughs> Comic-Con for Kids, Oaks, PA, and we're here with The Godfather. This is The Godfather of the, of the comic book scene here in Philly. Yo, yo, respect due. Respect due, dog. Respect due. I know everybody loves Eric. Eric's that dude. Yes, we love you, Eric. Yes, we love you, Eric. We love you, Eric. But this is the Godfather. Jamal. Hey. Jamal. Hey, what's Jamal Nicholas. I got a year. What's going on, man? What's up, boy? How you feeling, man? How you doing? I'm great, man. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. It's great, man. We're out here at the, what is it called? The Comic-Con Com for Kids. I keep trying to say Kids Comic-Con, the Comic-Con for Kids in the greater Philadelphia Convention Center at Oaks, PA. <laughs> yeah, we out here. We in these streets. We in these streets. Let me ask you, man, real quick. Yeah. As a, like you're, you're a vet in the game, but also a vet of the convention scene. Yeah. Why do you think it is so important to have a Comic-Con that is specifically curtailed 
just for the kids? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, I think what's happening is there's so many shows and the fans of comic books are our age, right? The Greybeards, right? And they have now have children and they bring them to the show. And I think there's a disconnect because they, the kids don't have anything to do except mm -hmm. get dragged around by the parents looking at like Dark Knight reprints. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? The kids, go, the, the parents going on the nostalgia tour. Right, right. And they kind of drag their kids along. But I feel like a show like this opens it up to what kids are into. It gets them excited about what the hobby could be, mm -hmm. right? That's why I'm here in the kids' pavilion selling kids-friendly comic books to make sure that they have something to connect to in the future because I'm really afraid that kids are going to stop reading comic books. Yeah. I'm really afraid of that, especially as uh, important as the Marvel Universe has gotten. The MCU is big. Yeah. You don't need a comic book. That's true. Right? So I want to do my part to make sure they have something to read. So you don't think you don't think that that kids aren't maybe just going finding their comic books in the digital space? I mean, because, you know, as much as I may not not be down with it, right. I know reading comic books digitally is a thing. I also think that's something for us. I also think that's a gray beard thing, right? Really? Because remember when we were shorties, Atari was popping, and you had to use your imagination still to make the three dots That's true. be a basketball That's game. True. You know That's what I'm true. saying? So even at that age, even though the, and it's, the media started changing, we still had to use our imaginations. And I think now the kids have uh, iPad games and phone games that are a million times better than the stuff we grew up with. Still, the portal to reading is closing because yeah. you don't really need to open a book anymore. So, I, you know, I would say the jury's out on the digital. I just, you know, I'm not sure. I, I think uh, I'm not sure about if they're reading those or not. I think we want to think they are. We want to think they are, but maybe so. Maybe right, so. Right. I will say, though, I find that the kids that become huge fans of anime yes which is more and more what they're becoming fans yeah, of yeah, yeah i will say that i find that those fans do turn to the manga yeah which yeah, is yeah. the book version yeah. of those stories yeah because it's it just um opens up the world that much more and is yeah. so much more fully yeah, that's a that's a good counter i yeah i respect that and i think there's something about manga and just that japanese storytelling that lends itself to more interesting genre study. I'm sorry, I'm being an egghead. <laughs> you, I'm being, I'm being all Drexel University over here. I'm using, <laughs> talking about pedagogy and stuff. <laughs> but no, you know, it just like opens up the world. Like you would never see a tennis comic book right, coming right. from the states, or like basketball, like slam dunk is huge. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, I'll give them that. But you know, so even as an American cartoonist. I need to be afraid of that too. Like, you know, how true. do I get the Bleach kids mm -hmm. to read my stuff? Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's interesting. What, why do you think it is? Because I, I feel that kids, you know, are gravitating to that world, to that anime, to that more richer storytelling. Why is, why is it? Did you think that uh, here in America, in the states, they? Uh, we haven't locked into that into that secret sauce yet. I think it's a style thing. I think yeah. it's a style thing. Even again, coming back to us, when we were young, 
like you got a glimpse of Star Blazers or Battle of the Planets or Marine Boy or whatever, and you're like, yo, thank what? Thank you, so somebody name check a Marine Boy. Yo, Marine Boy is my dude. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I With love Marine boots Boy. And yo. his electric boomerang. Yo, this is aqua, I'm sorry, it's aqua gum. Yo. Yes, yes. Yo, fam, we can talk about Marine Boy all day. <laughs> thank you. Hey, that's my guy. But yeah, like that, like just opened our imaginations. Mm-hmm. We're like, whoa, and they made like Mickey Mouse wasn't that yeah, wasn't, wasn't the, that wasn't the wave right <laughs> so i think there's something about that foreign cool that right. is really a big part of our culture and it's just not here it's not us it's something right. else yeah and uh, you know and there's also american guys who are kind of getting on that wave and putting that anime and manga influence into that's the, true right true. and it connects with the kids because that's what they're into mm-hmm. so i mean i think we just have to either maybe create something brand new or, you know, have something that's flipping into the space that they're into. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard, man. It's, it is hard. It's, it's hard. It's not easy. It is, it's not easy. But yeah. like you said, the beautiful thing is like having conventions like this, yeah. it introduces kids into all these different genres, different right. ideas, right. and it opens up their imaginations. Yeah. Like Minecraft is huge. Yeah, man. Right? Minecraft, if I get it right, Minecraft was just made by some some programmer dude, and he sold it for like a billion dollars in his fedora to Microsoft. Right. And, and he just walked off into the sunset. But kids love it because it's basically Legos on the computer. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's like, you know, one of those I wish I thought of them. <laughs> of course. Right. Of course. We're so busy trying to get it to look, you know, lifelike. And it's just, it's just the brick. This is me. Right, right. You know, just kind of let them use their imaginations, right? So even with the stuff I'm doing now with Leon, uh, it's kind of the same thing. I want to make this character that is accessible to people to see themselves, right? That's the number one thing with me. But also to be accessible that other people will go, oh, wow, that's cool. I'd like my kid to read something that, something yeah. that doesn't look like him. Right. It's almost a flip. I'm trying to make that work. But I also make him, I designed him so that you can kind of possibly put yourself in his shoes. Okay. That's why Spider-Man's always been so important. That's true. Right? Because anybody can wear the mask. Isn't that what they keep telling us? That's true. <laughs> anybody can wear the goggles. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, But, yeah, it's also, you know, again, trying to make kids interested in something that's good for them. It's almost like eating your broccoli. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Here, take this. It's good for you. I don't want that. <laughs> Tell, tell quickly, yeah. tell people I what can, I can talk to you all day, man. You're, you're my dude, man. You're my dude. You, you, y'all, people don't know. Me and Jamar go back. Way back. Way, way back. It's, 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 we earned these gray beards, though. That's why I won't shave. <laughs> so tell people what is the, the story behind Leon, protector of the playground? Uh, okay, so my elevator pitch. Is Leon Protector of the Playground is a story of a sixth grade superhero whose power is common sense. That's sweet. Boom. That's it. Uh, really, it's a love letter to my childhood uh, and also to imagination. So he keeps coming back to that, right? Uh, Leon's look is he's a kid with a towel wrapped around his neck and some goggles and some dish gloves. That's old school, man. And a utility belt. And he's like, let's rock. You know what I mean? And... Uh, later on, as you read the first book, I'm working on the second book now, uh, you read the first book, you see that uh, the universe is inundated with superhero culture, kind of like it is with us. So his mother is like the Wonder Woman of this universe, so she's really high up in there. Nice. And, and they go to the supermarket, get it? <laughs> uh, they get they get his school clothes, which is a new uniform. 
okay, okay. So you go to like the husky section, you know what I mean? <laughs> and get your like, you know, your uh, alter, well, your alter ego glasses, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like where we are now where, you know, remember back in the day where if you saw like a girl with green hair, you're yeah. like, yo, what's that about? Exactly. But now that's just the wave. That's the energy. Yeah, it's now. just Tuesday. Right, it's Tuesday. And I think I wanted to show some of that in this universe that it's so commonplace, it's not uncommon, if that mm. makes sense. So, anyway, the book touches on a lot of superhero tropes, but I try to keep it uh, engaging and not too kidified, right? right? You can read it and go, oh, yo, I see what he did there. There's doomsday device buttons on sale in the background, <laughs> you know, but a kid can still read it and get something about bullying right. out of it, you know? So I try to layer it like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. That's cool. Hey, nothing like a good Bugs Bunny cartoon, man. <laughs> something for everybody. Right. Oh, and I say about that, that's usually one of the things I talk to people about uh, when they ask about the book. Like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, when you were a kid and you watched it, you're like, oh, he just hit him over the head with an anvil. That's hilarious. Then you watch the same cartoon later, and it's like, yo, this is about World War II? Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice that. You know, so it works on those levels, like like an onion layer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Peeling it back, peeling it back, yeah. man. Yeah. That is sweet. I want to talk to you for a quick minute, man, sure. about the grind. The grind of uh-huh. being a freelance. Uh-huh. Uh, the grind date. Yeah, let's talk about that. Because, because this is real talk, man. Because people don't realize that when you are a freelance artist, you're yeah. an indie artist, yeah. you know, having these conventions is cool to be able to give back to your fans and, and talk to your people. Yeah. But more often than not, this is your bread and butter. Yeah. This is, you got to do this, man. I you got to make the circuit, I right? I have to, yeah, yeah. And I think people want you to think that because the internet is so popping that you don't need this. Yeah. But it's totally not true. But you have to get your face out there and meet the people. What did it say? Shake babies and kiss hands? That's right. You know, I, fl- I mixed yeah, that up. <laughs> right? And also, one of the things is you can't do all of it, right? So I talked to some young creators who were coming up who are stressed because they have to figure out how to make stuff for Ekbot. I'm like, that's cool, but what are you doing in between Xbox? Mm. They're like, wait, I got to do all of them? Well, you got to do a lot of them. Yeah. So your fan base and all that stuff grows slower if you're not doing a lot of appearances. And even to think about mixing it up, like if you're doing a book about somebody who drinks coffee for a living, I don't know, like some genre stuff. Why isn't your book in a coffee shop? Exactly. Why aren't you trying to set up with Starbucks to do some appearances? You know what I mean? So kind of thinking outside the box is also important as a creator. Mm-hmm. You know, so like we're out here at Kids Com- Com- Comic Con for Kids. Comic Con for Kids. I almost, I almost messed it up. <laughs> trying to connect to the kids, right? So I know some guys who do just strictly kids work and all ages work who can't get sales at Keystone yeah. or at Wizard World because they're not they're not smelling them like that. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just kind of knowing your market, knowing where you need to fit in, and, you know, rolling the dice a lot. It was really important, man. Yeah. It really is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. You still have to have, in 2019, an Internet presence uh, yeah. of a sort. I mean, you, yeah. you just that's just real talk. Mm-hmm. But you got to get out there. you got to get your face out there yeah. and um, let people see you and and appreciate you. Uh, other thing, yeah. and maybe you can speak to this, yeah. how important is it when you're being an independent of really developing a schedule <laughs> of your work, yeah. of your of your input and, and how you are taking care of business on the other side? 
that's something I'm still learning. I'm something I'm still learning. I know some guys who are like meticulous with their week. Like Monday from 10 to 12, I do emails. Then I shut it down. Right. And then I'm on the in the in the in the seat in the studio. In the lab. I'm in the lab from 12 to 5, and then I feed my kids, and then I kick them out, and then I go back to, you know what I mean? And I think that's the only way you can survive is keeping a schedule. These shows throw your schedules off. Yeah. To think about it, like, either you're here or you're working. Yeah, right. You can't do both, right? So with me, like, I have a day job. I work uh, at a college right outside of town, and the structure is good for me. Like, the health insurance is nice, too. But the structure is I have four hours every night to get something done. So having that tight window really helps me. Uh, and I've done the freelance gig. When we met, I was straight freelancing yeah. without a net. And I was doing, like, editorial for the Tribune. Yeah, yeah, and I was doing that kind of stuff. And I was scrambling. Some people love to scramble, Lynn. Some people love Some that people, hustle. they love that hustle. And it was killing me, right? So if I could do less hustle, I'm better. Um, and I know that I'm one, I'm somebody who makes bad decisions when they're broke. You okay. know what I mean? Like, I'll say yes to things I probably shouldn't have said yes to. Yeah. And I'll try to do more and then regret it later because I just need to get the light bill paid. Right. You know, but we've been at this for a while, and a lot of those decisions don't happen as often as they used to, which I'm blessed about. But it still comes up from time to time. Mm -hmm. So um, I have to just kind of make sure I'm using my time wisely. And that's even going back into the shows where I have to start saying no to some things. Like my calendar's filling up already for 2020. And like I have to ask my assistant, can we do this? And she's like, yeah, you probably should say no to that. I'm like, I don't like saying no because we're not brought up on that. Yeah. Like it's an opportunity. Especially. You, you, don't, you don't say no to opportunities, but... You know, it's kind of that growing pains of being, you know, a professional. You can't say the yes to everything. So uh, just to wrap all of that up, on top of this, I just started a Patreon. Okay. Um, I'm scared to death of this Patreon. (laughs) I only have 12 people, which is amazing. It sounds like that's not a lot, but to me it's a lot because now I owe these people things. You know what I mean? And that's something else I have to fold into my schedule. Yes. So... Um, it's all a learning process, and everybody's thing is different, so it's really hard to just say, hey, comic book creators, do this, this, and this, and you'll be successful. Yeah, there's no roadmap. No, no, it really isn't. But, you know, we're all in the same boat, though, so I think networking is super important. Being able to share where everybody's at in their journey is super important. You know, we all learn from each other, that's right? That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, that's one, one good thing I will say, especially about the the black comic book artist community is that they are very giving of information and sharing Mm -hmm. and and uplifting one another, supporting one another, which I think is very important and very cool, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's super important. I think when you run into um, fans who are uh, uh, fans of black content and they find out that you're black. Wait, you're black? I didn't know you were black. That's great. You're black. Hey, come over here. He's black. Look at him. Point at him in the window. They usually ask us questions like, yo, how come the other black dude I saw over there, how come y'all ain't running a business? How come y'all ain't organizing? And i like, a lot of times, everybody, it's like we're all in the same boat, but we're all trying to go our own directions at the same time. So sometimes it makes us spin in a circle, right? It's true. Very true. And I think on the surface, it sounds like a great idea, and I think we're all... We try to give back by sharing, right? Yeah. We'll share information. I'm not hoarding work. If I can't do something, I'll, I might reach out to somebody else. 
you know, Eric will maybe reach out to me. Yo, Jay, you want to take this on? You know, Nobody reaches out to N. Stephen Harris. We don't send him no work. <laughs> Steve don't need no work. <laughs> Respect to Steve. <laughs> I see him out there. I see him shining. I see him shining because he cut his dreads off. He's shining for real, for real now. But, yeah, you know, and that's, and that's part of the love, you know. But, you know, everybody has their goal. I'm sorry. It has their goal and their purpose. And we're all trying to move forward. And at the same time, try to reach out to each other, you know, keep the lines of communication open. Yeah. All right, so what's the next step for you, man? What's, what's the next step for, for right. Leon, Jamar, Nicholas? What's coming up? All right, here's a, here's a real rap. Here's a real, real rap. I brought some real rap. I forgot my wave brush. I got to do this. <laughs> I got to brush my hair front, back, to the sides while I'm talking. So I have a literary agent now. Uh-oh. And my next move right now is that I'm working on my manuscript for Leon 2. Okay. And Leon 2 is going to be a, a, a prequel where I really go into his origin. Okay. And my intention is to land a book deal this year. Nice. So even though I love self-publishing, I love doing all that stuff, it's great. Um, I need, I feel like I'm at a point in my career where I need to, like, expand my base. Yes. Um, so my hope is that I can get me a New York publisher by the end of the year. So we're looking at some of the, you know, all the big places mm -hmm. like Random House and Scholastic and all of that stuff. And, you know, I still feel like Leon has a special place in the market because there's still not a lot of people that look like us not as, lead, at all. as leads, especially in kid lit. Yeah. So I'm hoping we can make something pop off of that, and then you'll hear from me on the other side. I can't wait, man. I'm curious for people that like that are interested in maybe in, in the origin of that. Yeah. Getting a literary agent, mm -hmm. was that a, a, a struggle? Was that somebody came to you looking at your phenomenal work? It's a little bit of both. I mean, I, I'll be transparent and say that I got introduced to my guy from somebody else who already had them. Okay. Right? And that's where networking comes in. That's right. Right? And uh, uh, people will tell you one of the hardest things in the world is to get representation. Right? Um, but now, hold on. This is funny. It's kind of like a trap now. If you go on Twitter and everybody's like, hashtag, we need diverse books. Hey, anybody know any black people that draw? Tell them to come to me and my literary agency. And I don't feel like that passes yeah. a sniff test, right? Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? No. Like, I guess, because we're older and we know, like, we know about the okie doke. We know the okie doke. The okie doke is real. Yeah. Right? It's real, so, real. Like, and I'm not falling for the okie doke. <laughs> right? Again. Let's <laughs> be real. No more banana in the tailpipe, <laughs> bruh. Not doing it. You know, so, you know, even like the company you keep is yeah. the thing now. It's like, okay, that's cool. Somebody, you know, you might have got approached by somebody who might be trying to, like, go through your pockets. You know, you got to be really careful. So the people I deal with are well-vetted, their names in the industry, and, you know, give me a greater chance of getting over the hump and getting something going. So for people out there that are really trying to do it, I, am, I still say self-publishing is your best bet. When you create an audience, and this is kind of backwards, you have to create an audience for people to pay attention to you. That's true, though. Right? It's real talk. Right? And, and it's really rare that you just come out of nowhere with a Harry Potter. It doesn't work like no. that. It doesn't. No. So, you know, you do, your, you do your dirt, you do your grind, and then they'll hopefully come and find you. But sometimes you got to look for them, too. So, you know, if you can meet in the middle, that's probably the best way. That's the way. Now, Jamar, I got to... This is a shame on me, dog. As I'm recollecting... I don't believe 
you have ever sat in the studio with us on Black Tribble? No, I did one. No, you did do one. Uh, yeah, that was at the that was at the WHYY studios. But I gotta come through. I gotta yes, go to the that's hood. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You yeah. were at WHYY. That's because when we were on G Town Radio <laughs> in Maplewood Mall, and you would talk to Jamar, he was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't, I can't make it, Len. I can't, I can't make it. But when we when we did our Triple Nation show at WHYY, uh, yeah, sure, Len, yeah. Uh, when you need me. Yeah. And then he came through. <laughs> well, now we're at Philly Can, which oh is God. a nice studio. Yo, y'all take validation? Y'all validate parking? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah, Len. Yeah, Len. He, he, he couldn't do Maplewood Mall. You know, because maybe we more ain't got no lights. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm laughing. Yo, but you know, I used to live around the corner from there. I used to live on Germantown and Penn, like right around the way. I'm from around the way. way but way back. But way, yeah, way, way back. Way back when yeah. they had lights. Oh, was, yeah. I, I know. Yeah. I, I, know, I knew when Maplewood Mall was really, oh, when yeah. there were Maple Woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the no actual ma- woods with the maple. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Not no more. But we gotta get you in the Philly camp, man. Yeah, we gotta get you it. in the studio, Yeah, let's man. do it. Let's do it. You, you know, make it happen, and man. I'm really happy about where the the year is ending up. I'm hoping maybe we can set something up if I have some good news coming up soon, yes, yes. so I can promote. And I've been talking uh, really candidly about next year because I'm at a crossroads right now in my career, and like talking about all this agent stuff and all this. It's like good problems, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm really excited about the future. But I don't want to do another year of doing the same thing. And yeah. if you've known me for a while, you know that I try to move around right. and pop up at places where like, oh, you here? How did you get here? <laughs> so, but I'm almost at a point where I'm starting to repeat myself and I may go dark next year. Oh. I may turn the lights off and just go into the lab and close the door behind me. Okay. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. I'm still out here. But, All right. But, you know, I may have to shut the lights off for a minute. doesn't mean I'm disappearing. It means I'm working. I put the goggles on. Well, dude, you in Philly, so you, I don't care. I'm still coming <laughs> to your door. I know you're in there, Jamar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're here with Jamar Nicholas and Comic Con for Kids, ladies and gentlemen. Yo, dog. Yo, salute the general, man. It's salute, bro. Most, most, most death, most death. This my, this my man. This my man. Thank All you, day, man. forever, really you, forever. Peace. All right, back triple here, Comic Con for kids in Oaks, PA. And we are here at Pancake Images, which is a comic book company that was started by a kid. I don't even know if you can call this man a kid. I think you have to call call this kid a man because he's got his own comic book line. And he's got like multiple comic books. And he's here at this great convention. Bryce Bullock here with his mom and his dad. Hey, Bryce, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. Your comic book is called Daddy Long Legs and Inchworm, right? Yes. Now, where did Daddy Long Legs... Oh, he's going to put on the glasses. He's stunting on me, ladies and gentlemen. He's stunting. He's got his <laughs> Minecraft glasses on. Where did the idea for Daddy Long Legs and Inchworm come from? It came when my dad um, asked, to, asked for me to turn him into a superhero since I kept on um, 
creating superheroes. He asked, like, hey, can you turn me into a superhero? And I said, yeah, you can be named Daddy Long Legs, and I can be named the Inchworm. P.S. This all happened in the bathroom, by the way. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, no, when you looked at when you looked at your dad, what made you come up with the, the superhero name Daddy Long Legs? I guess it just came to me. Yeah, it just came to you like, just like that? Yeah. Okay. All right. So now, what's the story? What's the story about Daddy Longlegs and Inchworm? What's what's their origin story? Who are they? So, Daddy Longlegs and the Inchworm are just, you know, a father and son. But then one day, when they were walking down the sidewalk, they both slipped since the sidewalk was wet and fell down a hill into some chemicals. Oh, okay. I, Daddy fell in halfway, but I fell in all the way. And then he had to stick his hands into the water to get me up. P.S. He... You might be thinking like only his legs got touched by the water, but he shoved his hands into the water to pick me up. So that means his hands got touched with the oh, thing too. So nice. Who, so who knows? Maybe he has even more powers. He, so he may even have more powers that will be coming later on that we will soon discover. Yeah. Now what's Inchworm's power since you got head first all the way in too? So I can shrink to the size of an Inchworm Climb up walls with my stomach, which kind of stinks, but, you know, yeah. Climb up walls with your... How do you come up with a power of climbing up walls with your stomach? Inchworms can do it. Well, okay. All right. Enough said. If an inchworm can do it, then you can do it. All right. That's how... So you got, like, strong abs. You got abs of steel, man. Yeah. Basically. I have super strength. I, I can also um, multiply myself into multiple different inchworms. And then I can also um, turn into, like, um, an unbreakable stick for 10 minutes. Okay, okay. And you came up with all these all these powers and all this, this story all on your own? Yeah. Yeah? So are you always writing stories? Were you always real creative coming up with characters and stuff like that? Yes, all the time. All the time? Was that what you were doing in school? Yes. So when you were supposed to be doing math, you were coming up with ca cartoon characters? Well, I like math, but I usually do it in different classes. Oh, in the other classes. Oh, math, I, math I did good. I get A's in math. But that B in English was because I was coming up with inchworms. That's how it worked. Yeah. And the funny thing is that I actually do have a B in English class. <laughs> See? I know how it go. Trust me. I was an artist. I know how it goes. Your mind starts to wander. And you do, and next thing you know, you forgot to conjugate that verb. And now, you can, now you've got just a B. Oh, darn. But inchworm, you got a new book coming out. So that's what's up. That's what's up. So where? how do you go from doing creating your father and yourself as superheroes and then to wanting to create pancake images your own comic book line well first um pancake images came pancake images came first before the superheroes um the way that i made up pancake images was i just like pancakes okay and i keep my and i keep my comics hot like pancakes no, so, it, pancake images came because you like pancakes. You like to keep your pancakes hot. I like that. That's smart marketing. Now, when you fell in love with pancakes, were they frozen pancakes or were your mom making homemade pancakes? She's obviously making them homemade pancakes. So, they were hot pancakes. Yeah. Now, what do you like on your pancakes? Do you put butter on your pancakes or do you go with no butter? Butter and syrup. Butter and syrup. Yeah, it makes the best combo. That's true. That's very true. Me, myself, I have tried peanut butter on my pancakes. I liked it, but I can see where you can go with butter and, and pancakes. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So that's how you came up with that name, 
who introduced you to comic books? Were you introduced to comic books from your dad? Uh, my parents actually took used to take me to like Comic Cons. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's how I got introduced to like a lot of them. Oh, that's cool. Did you have like a favorite comic book or superhero? Right, um, Spider Man. Spider Man? Yeah. Why Spider Man? Because he's awesome. Enough said. All right, I can dig that. He is. He is very awesome. Now, how old are you, Bryce? I'm 11. 11 years old, and you've already have. If we were standing here at Comic Con for kids, you've already got the Daddy Long Legs and Inchworm comic, which I believe has three issues out. Correct? Uh, yes. And then we also have a spinoff of the series. It's called Wasteland Inchworm. Basically, takes on the Inchworm, and then he's inside of a dream, and then he fights zombie pop tarts. So now you got Inchworm fighting zombies? Zombie Pop-Tarts. Zombie Pop-Tarts? Yeah. What? Hold up. Hold up. Pump your brakes. How did you come up with a zombie Pop-Tart? I just did. But what? So, so but, but wait a minute. A zombie is the undead. And now, how, how you come up with an undead Pop-Tart? Where does that come from? Pop-Tarts weren't alive to begin with. So they've always been zombies. Yes. Yo, you have just unlocked like so much stuff in my brain right now that that Pop-Tarts have always been zombies because they are never been alive in the first place. They've always been undead. Yes. All right, you schooling me, Bryce. You schooling me. Bryce has just schooled me. I did not know I did not know that y'all had a genius working for you. Is that you y'all raising a jank genius? No. No, no, no. They work for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh. It's real hard. Well, I got to tell you, I want to increase in my pay <laughs> as the father. I want an increase yes, in my because, pay. Because I'm Daddy Long Legs. You're Daddy Long Legs. Well, you know, he may be right, Daddy Long Legs, because I was at your panel, Thank and you. if I remember the story from the panel, Bryce writes, draws, and uh, writes the story, and then you are the one that is up all night inking and coloring I'm it. Inking. That does sound like the worker. Ah, uh, yep, yep. While he's sleeping, I'm still up working. I'm still up working, putting in the ink, putting in the hard work, making sure I can meet these deadlines and that we could get um, our comic books out to the public. So let me let me ask let me ask you, yeah. uh, uh, and I don't want to just keep calling your daddy long legs. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and uh, I can't call you Demetrius. Mr. My name, my real name is Demetrius. Demetrius. Cool. Demetrius. Let me ask you, where did this love of comic books uh, come from in Bryce? Did it come from you or did it come from uh, Mommy Long Legs? It, st- <laughs> it started It started from me. It yeah. started from me. Although my wife, she does have a love in comic books as well. But it started from me. He had actually come across some of my old comic books that I had in a box. He stumbled across some and when came he... Came across the long boxes. Yeah, when he came across the old Spider-Man issue that was out. Hey, I know oh, you. Yes, I didn't see you. you. When he came when he, when he came across um, a Spider-Man issue, that was it. He was hooked. That's, that happens to be his, his favorite character, um, aside from the Black Panther. But when there was a Spider-Man one that really inspired him yeah. to want to create. So that's that's where it all started. I had a love for it when I was a young man. That's how I started drawing. I came across. Because you're an artist yourself, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I grew up in the Bronx, and my, my my love for art took place watching the subway trains go by outside my window. And I would see the graffiti that was on the subway cars, and I fell in love with the colors, the vibrancy, and everything. And then I found out comics, and I started buying comics and started learning how to draw. Right. Yeah. Started practicing. Taught yourself right from there. Self-taught. Started practicing my own craft. Yeah. 
fast forward to now, years later, my son, who's born, he came out and just he fell in love with it and took it to a whole nother level with creating these characters because he didn't see enough that looked like us. Yeah, yeah, that's very important. It's very important to, to, to see yourself in, in the artwork. Yeah. And if you don't see it, you quickly recognize that and then you want to be that engine of change, and that's what Bryce is now. That's exactly what he is. He's, he, he said he don't see them that look like us. He said, well, I'm going to start creating them. That was his, that was his whole premise in, in, in creating all of these superheroes. But then he started you know, branching out doing a whole lot more with it, the ideas, the storylines. But, um, but it, it wasn't until he came up with Daddy Long Legs and the Inchworm that we was, you know, and we seen his passion and commitment to creating on and on and on. And we said, you know what, let's, let's give this one a try because he wanted to get it published. We got it published, and here we are four issues later. Wow, that's, that's crazy. I, I'm glad you said that because I was wondering if there was, like, one moment, one incident that made you say, okay, now this is where we're going to go. This is serious. I think he's real serious with this, and that's when he turned his dad into a superhero. Absolutely. But his first book that he had published was when he was five years old. Okay, really? Five years old. That's where he started us even on this whole journey of doing books. Wow. Five, five years old, he saw me. I was in the basement drawing, and he came down there. He was watching me draw, and then he said, Daddy, he said, I want to make a book. Mm -hmm. If your child come to you and say, you want to make a book? All right, well, then let's make, make a, a book. book. Right. Let's, 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 let's make this happen. What you got? And he told me about a story. It was called The Hungry Kid. It was, a, it was just a picture book where this little child is going around the house trying to find something to eat. Mm -hmm. And so it's an it's a, it's a easy read. It's for, it's for a young re beginner reader. Um, and my wife and I were running around the house. He told us he wanted to take a picture here. We took the picture there, did it all, did all the pictures. He gave us his words. My wife critiqued it a little bit, just tweaked it a little bit. And uh, we were going to make it as just a little photo album for something for him to just have. Right. You know, like he made a book. But then she said, what if we get this published? And she started looking up companies, and she came across one called CreateSpace. Um, back yeah, then. I know, yeah. That's now called KDP Publishing. Um, she went and she sent the files there, and we actually got the book published. And he did a big book signing at his school. Nice. Um, WDEL, which is a radio station out in Delaware, came out and interviewed him. And uh, that was the beginning of what you now see as a whole company called Pancake Images. We, from there, uh, he inspired me to want to um, illustrate my own book, my first ever, which was um, Where Can I Color? It's about oh, nice. a young boy, which is supposed to be me, that's running around the house, just trying to find somewhere where he could color with these new markers that he had just got from okay. his mother. Okay. He loves to draw on paper, but his, he always wants to expand by drawing on anything that he feels needs to have a touch of artwork. Okay. So his mother is running behind him throughout the whole book, trying to stop him from writing on everything else except for paper. And I'm a big fan of the Dr. Seuss, so I tried to make it like a little rhyme book. Okay, cool, cool. So that's what it is. It's like a little rhyme book as he's running through the house like, Mom, can I color here? Can I color there? She says, don't think you can color anywhere. I forgot how the words go because <laughs> okay. it's been about minutes since I made the book. So that's that was cool. our second book. And then we went on to do another book that was um, inspired by our son. He came up with a character called Tony Bibbles. Tony Bibbles. Tony Bibbles, who's a detective. Okay. He's a household detective. He's a detective in the household who solves mysteries. And we have published a book called... Tony Bibbles in um, the case of the Midnight Wildebeest. There's a noise that's keeping everybody up at night, and he's trying to figure out what the noise is. And he has a partner that's a tube sock that helps him <laughs> called Little Tube. So he's going through the house trying to figure out where this noise is coming from the whole bit. And it turns out that it's me snoring. But, but, through, the mind, but through the eye mind of a child, 
everything in the, every, yes. everything in, in the house has become illustrated. Yeah. Like he's interviewing the pots, he's interviewing the milk, the cabinets, the ketchup gives him the lowdown. That's like, nice. The ketchup bottles, like Tony, I got a, I got a scoop for you. He comes over there, and he's taking the notes on the ketchup mm. bottle. So we had a lot of fun with the creation of that. And then from there, just a whole lot of superheroes were being created. And then that's when Tony, that's when Daddy Long Legs and Instrument finally came about. That is cool, man. That's cool. So, that's that long story. Oh, no, 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 no. That's what had happened. So he's obviously, Bryce is obviously Inchworm. You're obviously Daddy Long Legs. Right, right. What, 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 does mom have a character? She sure does. She comes, she comes alive in the fifth issue. Oh, we yeah, waiting. yeah. She comes alive in the fifth issue. Her, her name is uh, Zaflamengo. Zaflamengo. Zaflamengo, and it's funny because within the story, I, I don't hope. I, can I give it away? You gotta ask. You gotta ask the boss. Can I give it away? How your mother becomes Zaflamengo? I'm getting a look. I'm getting you a look. look. No, I'm no, getting no, a look. No. I can't you do gotta, it. You gotta tune in to, to, I, I can't to do issue it. five, ladies and gentlemen. I can't do it. Issue five. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, he's he, he he's cracks cold. a whip. He's cold with it. He's cold. Do it. Go with it. Oh! Well, said, we got the okay. We got the okay. I don't want to have to take this this show down right, off right. the internet because we're blowing secrets. Well, she comes across, um, she comes across something that makes her realize that she has to come in and become this superhero to kind of help us. Okay. She didn't. She cut. You know, she she finds out that we're actually superheroes. Oh, so she discovers your secret. She discovers the secret. And it turns out that she got a past of her own, mm. which kind of catapults her to become the superhero because she has the abilities of doing so. Mmm. Mmm. The whole family's super, ladies and gentlemen. They're secretive. So they on a shh with it. Pancake images, daddy long legs, an inchworm. They doing it themselves. They doing it big here at Comic-Con for kids. Let me ask you one last question before we go. Why is it important to you, as someone who came up <coughs> probably just like me, geeky as a kid, but sometimes you had to keep that on the low, you know what I mean, for fear of repercussions on the streets, you know what I'm saying, um, or till you found your tribe. Why do you think it's important for there to be spaces like Comic-Con specifically for kids what why is such a thing very important to have imagination i think this world is is taken away from the imagination of children mm. you know when you go to the internet everything is self-made you're seeing you you know you can have some you can have a thought you can have a vision but then when you get caught up with with getting into the social media and looking at other people and their foolishness it's like you may look at one thing, and next thing you know, you don't watch ten things, and you forgot about your imagination. Right. You know, something we pry on, and, and keeping him focused on his imagination. And I was a geek back then. Um, my son is a geek, and there's nothing wrong with that because That's the right. geeks are what kind of mold this world. That's right. You know, we built it. Sometimes you're in a box, and you can't see outside of what's in front of you. But as geeks, we have that vision. Mm -hmm. We have that vision and that incredible imagination and said, what made you think of it? It's because I allow myself to. Yes. I allow myself to. And that's what we, we don't hold him back. We don't, we don't limit him. Sometimes we got to, when, when he comes up with something, he's got to, wait, wait a minute. So there are some things we got to say, well, that's not going to work. Right. But for the most part, his imagination is incredible. It's like some things we like so far-fetched, we be like, you know what? It may work. And we're not going to limit his creativity as long as it's, it's, it's safe. 
It's something that children can enjoy as him being a child himself and something that parents can enjoy because as parents, we, we, we like engagement in children, something that needs to happen more. Most certainly. Um, so uh, being a part of it, we want to make sure that a, a parent can read our comic book and enjoy it just as much as a child. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I think like something like this does, you know, uh, uh, furnish the imagination in children. And it also furnishes their, um, their self-worth their identity, they feel they feel positive about who they are, and they feel they feel uh, valued um, as as a person, and they're they're with like minds, and they're able to, you know, in appreciation of who they are, and who their parents allow them to be, pass it on forward. Because I love sitting there and watching Bryce hold a panel where he was teaching to kids exactly how you can do what I do. Wasn't holding on to those secrets. Because sometimes, you know, you remember back when you was a geek and you discovered some things, you kind of want, want to hold it into your, to yourself. No, this is mine. But no, he's just putting it out there, sharing it to all these young kids. Yeah, you can do this too. And I think that was just like real beautiful to watch him as, as a young man learn that lesson so early. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, well, another thing I teach him is, you know, um, you got a, a closed fist, don't allow nothing to come in. That's right. Nor does it allow anything to go out. Sometimes you got to spread the wealth, spread the knowledge that you've acquired that I've been teaching you. And, and even what I don't know, I make sure I put him in front of those that do mm -hmm. so that he can grow as a businessman with owning pancake images, but also share that knowledge because just like you know, you, you have me as an artist. You got your mother who has a degree in marketing and business. Okay. So what we're teaching you, share it to someone else so that they can create as well. There's a lot of stories in these young children, and a lot of times parents will say, oh, that's cute, that's nice, and push them aside. You know, but if you, if you educate them and teach them and parents take an investment in their children, you know how many stories we can have coming from children? That's right. That could inspire other children to create this world would turn around. That's right. I mean, in so many ways, allowing children to grow. They always say children are the future, so why are we pushing them aside? Exactly. Why are we pushing them aside? Because the future is now. Exactly. The future is now. I mean, you watch you watch kids now. Kids, uh, when we were like five, I mean, you, your son published a book at five years old. Five years when old. I, five years old, I was not thinking about publishing a book. Yeah, yeah. I was just learning how to play with my Mego Batman. I, like, we oh, was, the glove came off. When he said, I want to make a book, I was like, you want to, let's make a book. That's... What children, you know, that's a, that's another thing we try to campaign because children are not reading as much. So it, one of the things we, we, we emphasize on is just the, the with, along with the content of the character, the comic book, we try to make it very vibrant for young readers who may not yeah. know how to read, but just looking at the comic book, they'll be, um, they it keep their attention. The illustration and the colors. Exactly. Yeah. While a parent is reading to them. Um, we have the older children who enjoy the characters, who enjoy the story who appreciate the, the, the craftsmanship that goes into it, which gauges you to read again. Yes. Unfortunately, we got a lot of parents. A child could be so excited about it, but we've come across this, which baffles me, but we have some parents that may come and child's like, oh, I want that book, I want that book, and, and, a, and a parent say, oh, you don't read, and pull the child away. It's not so much we want to sell, but just the idea that your child wants to read, you're gonna yeah. turn that away. Even if they don't read, you say, okay, well, if you got this book, Read it. This one you're going to read, and it's a comic book. It's a comic book. You're investing in, in, in the literature. You're investing in the artwork of, a, of, an, of an artist. And not only that, for, uh, as far as I know, a comic book is the only thing that it appreciates in value.
depending Sweet. on, I don't know any other book that grows in value except for a comic book. That's very true. That's very true, because you never know. Yeah. Danny Longlegs, Inchworm, animation coming your way. Bryce is already working on the illustration, That's on the animation. Yeah, yeah. On yeah. his own. So Absolutely. we know it's coming. We know it's coming. I can see it coming down the, down the boulevard. And we already got, you already seasoned with Miles Morales. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. I, now I'm now I'm seeing now I'm seeing the Spider Verse <laughs> with Daddy Longlegs and Inchworm. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. Man, I'm seeing your future. Absolutely. And I can say I knew you went <laughs> when I come for a cup of sugar. <laughs> yeah, the good sugar, top shelf sugar. You get the top shelf sugar. Dominoes, brother. Dominoes. Dominoes. That's yeah, right. No that, that. Come on, brother. You treat me right. Yes, sir. All right. So the time has come. Demetrius, I want to induct you and Bryce. I'd love to induct your, your lovely wife as well, if she if she will, if she will do so, okay. into our Tribble Nation. But that means you got to come up with a Tribble name that says where your geek lies. Okay. Now you've already let me know what your Tribble name is. That's be. right. It's Motion Tribble. That's my Motion. name, Motion Tribble. That was my old breakdance name. It is now. No, you did not. No, you was not a breaker. God, dog. Yes, I was. That's right. You were the Bronx. You no had doubt. to. Breakdance name. I got a chance to do breakdancing with a group called the Bronx Boogie Masters. I was, <laughs> my name Motion was the was the breakdance name, and then I, I I just moved it over to my artist name because uh, if you see my artwork, they say my artwork moves. So it was like, okay, that was fitting. Um, so Motion Triple, that would be my name. Motion Triple, okay. Motion Triple, yeah. Okay. All right. What's your triple name? So Bryce, we're gonna have to come up with a triple name to kind of indicate where you where you where you're geeky. You mean triple? Tribble. Tribble. Like, Tribble is from Star Star Trek. With, like, their little furry things like this. That's them. The little furry tufts of fur. Red Tribble Storm. Red Tribble Storm? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Now, now I'm curious. How'd you come up with that name? It's, um, it's off of one of the characters that I'm thinking about. Oh, off of the future character. All right. All right. How we think of forward thinking. Now... So, Mom, you got a triple name? Now, uh, now, 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 Mrs. Longlegs. <laughs> I'm sorry, your name? Michelle. Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi. I want to induct you into the Triple Nation because I can tell you're geeky, too. <laughs> but you got to come up with a, a triple name that kind of says, well, you're geeky. I got Motion Triple. I got Red Triple Storm. What's going to be your triple name? Uh, my triple name will be Lee. Lee Tribble? Yes. For? Well, that's another character that I am in the books. Okay. All right, so all these characters, I love it. I love it. It's so beautiful. So Lee, so, oh, I'm going to go around here. I'm going to move around because they, they, they're selling books. That's what they do. That's what they're here at Comic-Con for, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't want to get in the way of the sales because Mom and Long Lay's got a whip. And she will sit like, yo, you're going to take that interview over there. Because I got to sell these books. I got to push this product. All right, now. So we got Red Triple Storm. We have Lead Triple. And we have Motion Triple. And I want to make y'all part of our Triple Nation. But it is not official until you take the Triple Oath of Allegiance. It's real here. So I need you to repeat after me. So c come here for a second, Bryce. And both of you just repeat after me. We'll get Daddy Long Lays in a second. I am a Triple Furry. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple furry. Fur. I'm a triple true. I'm a triple true. I'm a triple true. 
From the way I roll. From the way I roll. From the <laughs> from the way I tactical roll. <laughs> to <laughs> to the way I coo. To the way I coo. The way I could. So shall it be said, so shall it be done. We now have Michelle and Bryce Bullock in the Tribble Nation as Lee Tribble and Red Tribble Storm. And we've got your Tribble bracelets. There you go. You are now one with the Tribble Nation. Thank you so very much. Now I got to give Motion Tribble. Motion Tribble over here, he's pushing product. He's pushing product. Let me go get Motion Tribble real quick. As we move over here, ladies and gentlemen, here at Comic-Con for Kids, we're pushing product. We're pushing product here. All right, Motion Tribble. Yes, sir. I, I got to make it official. Yes. Induct you into the Tribble Nation. Yes. So that means that you have to repeat after me. I'm, I'm here. I'm going. I am a Tribble Furry. I'm a Tribble Furry. I'm a Tribble True. I'm a Tribble True. From the way I roll. From the way I roll. To the way I coo. To the way I cool. So shall it be said, so shall it be done. So shall it be said, so shall it be done. You may not to say that part, but that's gro groovy. Demetrius Bullock, Pancake Images is now forevermore. Motion Tribble inside the Tribble Nation, ladies and gentlemen, stand and be counted. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be a part of the Tribble Nation. Red Tribble so Storm. Tribble on. If people listening to this all over the world want to find out more information about pancake images how they can get down how they can get down with your um with the company they're going to be all over the world listening to this they want to catch up get their latest copy of daddy long legs and inchworm they want to check out wasteland inchworm they want to continue the adventures of the superheroes find out what is happening see when the la flamingo premieres where do they go to get all of that information? Where should they go on the internet to find out all about Pancake Images and Daddy Long Legs? So they can find <laughs> they can find Daddy Long Legs and the Inchworm, um, all the three issues on Amazon. <clears throat> but you can only go waste that Inchworm through us. Okay. And the next place we're going to be at is Ocean City Comic Con. Okay, they're going to be at Ocean City Comic Con in December, ladies and gentlemen, so you can check them check them out go to oceancitycomiccon.com for to to find out all about that and then you can check them out on the internet at motionillustrations.com or pancakeimages.com and pancake is with a k yes because they like to keep it hot that's what i'm talking about that's what they do. yes yes pancake images with syrup <laughs> Black Tribbles is out.